Beyond Corona. Clint Eastwood said, They say marriages are made in heaven, but so is thunder and lightning. Good one, Clint. Many of us know this to be true regardless of where you are on the planet, whether you're married or not. But in all seriousness, Soren Kierkegaard said, It seems essential in relationships and all tasks that we concentrate only what is most significant and important. While I've spoken and written on so many subjects about relationships both in and outside of marriage, it seems that considering our time in isolation, only focusing on the issues that are going to help us now and lead to a better future is worth focusing on. So today we talk about relationships and being home together all the time. Ideally, it's like a dance. Neither gets in one another's way, and as they flow at their own understood pace, doing things that they both understand they have volunteered to do in order to make the house move forward peacefully and successfully. They understand that disagreements are going to happen, and the laughter or playfulness of one or both at those moments will help to disengage and refocus. They also understand that there will be disagreements that turn into arguments. They know that there will be if they're woke enough, to understand that some of those arguments will come from either person's or both individual insecurities, fears, disappointments, sadness, anxiety, depression, unaddressed small or large amounts of past trauma. Really, everyone carries baggage, right? We got to go easier on each other, more now than ever before. Which doesn't mean they get let off the hook for boneheaded stuff, hurtful stuff. It just means that we have a little bit more compassion to a point. Don't be an ass. Ah. Psychologists and theorists might tell you that we pass our issues on to future generations five times. Imagine that, five generations. So if you have issues of validation, that'll go on for five generations. Some scriptures, from what I understand, say it's even seven. Even if we don't address our own faults, our own pains, whether caused by self or other, whether it happened when we were in the womb or as a young child, adolescent, teenager, all that stuff is real. It can be painful, and it can be the source of conflict between anyone, let alone a couple that's in close proximity to one another, with all these stressors, on a seemingly perpetual basis. If you don't have kids, don't want kids, then, well, the responsibility for growth is on you, for you, and that works too. Here are some things I suggest you do to help your relationships for the long run. You might need them right now, or soon, or you might need them in the future. If you meet somebody, they will work forever. First, as my mother used to say, set up the rules before you play the game. You know, you think that after thousands of times I heard her say this to me growing up because I needed it and it's just good practice that I would have done that in my marriage. I don't talk about my divorce publicly out of respect for my ex and I, and I would hope she would do the same for me. I guess I would just say that we both took a more quote-unquote romantic perspective of it and figured everything would sort of work its way out. What I think we both could agree on is that we never really sat down and had a deliberate conversation, or about 10, about what the expectations we had for one another, our house, our kids, if we had them. And thankfully, we ended up helping to create an awesome one. Thankfully, we've overcome our obstacles as divorced parents and are very amicable, and that was you know important to both of us. The next one that I think is big that you can can help yourself in this time of isolation is learn what your weaknesses truly are 
and be able to articulate themselves to yourself and to others. Not all others, just this special person in your life. That's right. Get so real with yourself that you can share them with your partner for life. Your partner needs to do the same thing. Share with one another and ask to be forgiven for the past times the issues came out on them and let them do the same. This doesn't have to all happen at once. There's no need to verbally and emotionally vomit on anybody. You know, just set up a game plan for how you want to do it, when, what it looks like. You know, maybe even write up a, like a one-pager so your partner could see the, the who, the what, the where, the when, the whatever about it, the benefits, how it works. Make it easier to see. Make it easier to say yes. Get feedback. Construct it together. Remember, this isn't going to happen in one session. This is like a goal, a journey that you're taking together. Now you're starting to build the foundation of something maybe new. You know, Imago Theory on relationships talks about how the higher goal is for two people to come together to complement one another. So both can rise to be the best of their individual potentials. Then as a couple, with each person working to do that and support one another. Imago means image in Italian. If we don't know our own or the other person's issues, you know, and what's driving them, we truly don't understand them. And we won't be as successful when conflict arises. If I know someone that can't swim, even though we don't talk about it, and this person gets upset every time we're around water, maybe even snaps at me, I'm more likely to let it go because I know this person's stress points. Listen, I don't like being snapped at. Yet it becomes easier for me to realize that the other person's frustrations are not really about me, but about themselves. We can work to understand each other at a deeper level. It makes it easier to love, although while somewhat counterintuitive when you're thinking about sharing the quote-unquote negative things about yourself, it also makes it easier to forgive and be forgiven. All required elements as well to a healthy functioning and a higher level relationship. And being at a higher level, whether single or married, whatever, is what this podcast is all about. Next for relationships and being in close confines or if you're thinking about the future with a relationship, understanding each other's love languages. This is really huge. How do they want to receive love? That's right. Think about it. How does this person want to receive love? I.e., what behaviors do I have to do so that my partner feels loved, even if those same things wouldn't make me feel loved? You can't give people what you want or how you want it, you have to give it to them the way they want it. Which makes a lot of sense, we don't think about it, but that's definitely true on a daily basis when it comes to love. Definitely want to read up on these concepts. Maybe one of the top three determinants of whether your relationship will go long term, or if your marriage will work. It's basic stuff, but you just have to know it and be introduced to it. If you're single or married, these two books and concepts are paramount. That's code for super friggin' huge with respect to your life, love, partnership, success, your marriage, your, you know, until death do you part, or a divorce that was predictable because the basic fabrics could not be woven together. Think about it in like a business context. What's the number one problem two companies have when they merge? Blending the people and the culture. Two individuals, like two companies, can merge when the basics overlap. You know, with only using Myers-Briggs basics 
and the basics of love languages, I could probably tell you before they started with a very high rate of accuracy if a marriage would last. And that's only using two quick tools and not knowing anything else. Although we do know that there's an above 50% divorce rate, so odds are sadly in my favor. If you care, you must read Love Languages and with respect to Myers-Briggs for this ultimately satisfying homework assignment I'm giving you. What you care about is the learnings on temperament and how many overlapping letters you have with your partner. You need to look at your two middle of the four total letters. Are you an NT or an NF? Are you an ST or an SF? This is huge. It will tell you about yourself and your temperament and your hardwiring. Now, without getting any more into the weeds, you know this. Our temperament, which is like I said, is our hardwiring. It's huge. The other piece that's really important are how many of the four MBTI letters that we have are overlapping. And when you go look it up, you'll see you basically do a, a small test and then it gives you four letters. If you're single, you want to partner with three of the four ideally overlapping of your letters. Two will work, maybe. Less. Very unlikely. If you are married and it's not working, maybe this is partially the reason. If you're married and your letters are not overlapping and you are happy, good for you. You've obviously figured out something that is magical. And on a serious note, please email me because I want to love, I would love to talk to you about your secrets. But this is the real deal. The MBTI was developed by a woman, has research based on over a million people, and is better. Um, it's a better way for you to work forward and don't get stuck on what you remember from Myers-Briggs being rolled out in a company if you're in your probably your late 30s or 40s and older. It wasn't done well. This is still worth the look. If you're married right now, your Myers-Briggs doesn't really matter as much in determining a partner. It matters more in terms of how you're going to stay committed and together. And don't go thinking that you need a divorce if your letters don't overlap. Just look into it as a concept. If this is your situation, your real job now is to figure out how to love someone the way they want to be loved, knowing their love language and their personality hardwiring is different. Well, enough of that. Get the books. This last two minutes will make even more sense. And if you don't want to get the Love Languages book, remember quickly. People want to be loved either by words of affirmation, intimacy, acts of service, and a few others. Seriously, I don't get any royalties from it, but buy the book. The point is we have to know how we and our partner individually want to receive love. Yes, receive it. Giving is easy if it's the way your partner wants to receive it. If your partner wants to receive love in ways that are foreign to you or not natural, that's when it becomes more difficult. What do you do? You adjust your behavior accordingly once you have the information that enlightens you on how people are hardwired and what their love languages are. Here's an example. Listen, if you're not taking out the trash and it's pissing off your partner, do it. Why? Because you now understand that he or she may see love as acts of service. So it's not trash. It's an act of love this person is asking for. I know it's only trash, but it's not trash. Trust me. I failed this one. You have to see it differently. Think about it. 
and sorry for the analogy, but it's like the person who owns a rental, you know, a rental outhouse company, you know, those porta potties. Here she doesn't see toilets and excrement. Here she sees money. Change your perspective. In this case, look for what and how your partner is looking to receive. I'm not trying to say your relationship is crap, by the way. But if it is, understanding this stuff can help fix it. Let me know if you need some support. Other things you need to do in your marriage or dating and living together situation and also may want to apply in the future if you're single and looking. Revisit expectations on money, raising kids, the house, work, and other importance. Have an established place you go to for serious conversation that feels comfortable. Check in with each other about kids if you have them. Establish food and supply lists together. Talk using language of needs versus wants. Let each other finish them their own sentences and make sure that everyone feels that they've been heard. Create or revisit a list of courtesies that each of you need to have successful conversations if you're struggling with getting productive, effective conversations to happen. Learn a model for planning for difficult or conflict-laden discussions, and I've taught thousands. Uh, one in particular that I've designed myself, I love. It's my favorite tool of all time in terms of helping people plan for difficult discussions, conflict-laden discussions, because they can be tough, but we have to know how to do it. We have to know how to create disarming statements. We have to know how to work from their underlying needs and interests. We have to understand people's expectations and how expectation conflicts get in the way. We need to consider a best practices list, and I know it sounds kind of formal, uh, but maybe like things are working well and you want to keep track of that. You know, and you can be a tough guy or a tough girl and still do this stuff. And, you know, it doesn't matter. The goal is to make it, you know, easier in the long run, have fewer discussions in the future because we've figured it out so well now. You could try the stop, start, continue exercise, which I'll elaborate on later in the show. You can do a check in to see if each other's good to go every once in a while. Ensure that you ask the other if they feel a sense of closure on a difficult issue. And conversations you had and that you worked out. That's really big. You can say, do you have a sense of closure on this? That's important. Respect and talk about, if needed, people's need for alone time, which I know I do. I know most people need some kind of alone time and it's going to have to be crafted more. And that's still going to be important. You got to, what does it look like? You got to make it happen. What past and new traditions do you want to establish with each other? If you have kids, uh, what do you want to do? Maybe there's something new you can create. Consider planning trips, discussing hobbies. You know, you can revisit why you care about each other and are happy that you're isolating with none other than that person you're with. Unless you're unhappy right now in your situation, in which case I'm sorry, in which case maybe use this time to create a plan on how you can change that when the time is right. Everyone needs to be in pursuit of happiness. It's our fundamental right. These are just a few things that uh, I think can be done and need to be done if you're looking to have a higher level relationship. A lot of people, often men, will push back on this stuff and say, oh, it's too mushy, soft, not important, not romantic. Correct. It's, it's not romantic. But this is the pitfall of a romance mindset. The rubber doesn't meet the road in the clouds, as I like to say. These topics ground us. So as someone who has a BA in sociology with a focus in gender studies, dated, married, happily divorced, author of my book, Don't Learn the Hard Way, Pre-Marriage Questions to Ask Before You Get Divorced Again, 
I have tons to share on this topic at another time in another way. That said, let me devote a little time to your memory of being single or to those that are currently single. Someone once said, would you rather be happy or annoyed? And this is a baseline fundamental question you need to ask yourself. It seems that many are afraid to die alone. I get it. My question is, would you rather be nagged into your grave or have it happen when it's supposed to happen? I'm choosing the non-nagging option. And this isn't to imply my ex nagged me. I don't really think she did. This is just actually an example, a simple example. There are too many other things that can disrupt the fantasy of being in a romantic relationship where people don't discuss the things I mentioned a little bit ago, like uh, blaming, shaming, complaining for starters. But you know, there are tons of reasons why it doesn't work out. The point is, the vision and the romance of having a partner is not often how, sh- how it shows up in reality. Hats off to the successfully married, totally in love, stand by your partner, ride till you die kind of couples. Seriously, uh, that's awesome. Hats off to you, and I am definitely envious. Probably like many other people listening, maybe someday for us. Hmm. So now is the time to better ourselves as single people, to to be the better version of ourselves, to honestly address our weaknesses, I guess you'd call them, our flaws, the things that make us imperfect, not at our best, the things we might change about ourselves if we could snap our fingers. Well, we can't. But we can put them on the radar and start to get better. For instance, any future partner on the other side of this would probably appreciate it if we don't put on 20 pounds right now while in isolation. Not positive, maybe not everyone, but most future partners would probably agree. Not that it won't happen, not that we can't lose it, not that we don't have health issues that make it tougher. I get it. The point is, how do we make ourselves better mentally, physically, spiritually, How do we address and overcome our pains for ourselves and a future partner, if there is one, without the pressure of having to find one, knowing that you're doing all this to make yourself the one who gets better, whether married or single, that's it. I'm done. Love. As William Shakespeare once wrote, the course of true love never did run smooth. But also a good reminder for those who are single, divorced, and Looking comes from Will Ferrell. Before you marry a person, you should first make them use a computer with slow internet service to see who they really are. I think that's funny. And to those of you who are married, Rita Runner said this, and I think you'll lovingly appreciate it. Quote, I love being married. It's so great to find one special person you want to annoy for the rest of your life. End quote. So, ha, I love it all. Remember, we cannot let all these changes become stressors that grind on us daily. That is not a recipe for success, good health, or keeping our immune systems up or being the best version of ourselves. We really have to do something about it, some kind of action to make us feel better. Those are my opening thoughts. I'd love to hear your feelings on today's monologue. Please send them by email. No hand deliveries yet with this virus. Gerber at S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y-D-T.com. G-E-R-B-E-R at S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y-D-T dot com and they go directly to me. Also send me your questions and I'll work them into the episodes. This one's a little bit longer because I'm talking about married and singles all throughout the show. We're going to change gears for a bit though and then I'll return to addressing relationship-based issues 
for the remainder of the episode. Because as you know, this section I like to call, hmm, what's not in the news that I need to care about at least a little. Arthur Schopenhauer said, newspapers are the second hand of history. This hand, however, is usually not only of inferior metal to the other hands, it also seldomly works, end quote. What about things in the mainstream news right now that we should you know, make us question or things that are discussed really quickly and then seemingly disappear? The things that make you go, hmm. Let's talk about a few of them. How about the lack of Russian patents? The, sorry, the lack of Ru- Russian patients. The lack of Russian patients infected with COVID-19. In fact, I think this is the first time in like three years where we don't hear Russia, Russia, Russia. What's that all about? And that the virus didn't hit Beijing or Shanghai. What does that mean for you? It means that you can start paying attention to issues that are going to be addressed after all this is over. Don't wait to educate yourself on this stuff and vote when you haven't looked at as much mainstream and non-mainstream information you can get your hands on. If you don't care, that is cool too. If you do care and think you're getting the complete picture because you like one source of news and disdain another, you're not winning. You're only reinforcing your own ideas. I say watch them all. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. The real issue of mandated vaccines, that's another issue that's not really in the news. Mandated vaccines. Even when we might already have medicine to cure this problem, if it's actually being diagnosed correctly, wink, wink. We have medicine vaccines that will control whether you get a loan, train ticket, can drive, fly, put your kids in school. If you're not looking at the mandated vaccine issue, you will be blindsided at some point. Some states are already looking to mandate HPV vaccine for kids to go to middle and high school. I'm not sure how you feel about this example, but I'm not sure if the state should be mandating sexually transmitted disease vaccines. Maybe that's a subject for another time. Other things, how is this issue with the virus maybe used to help in uh, sort of usher in digital currency? That's going to be something that they're not talking about mainstream, but pay attention to how about china getting a major un role on human rights while selling us back medical equipment to solve the pandemic that was created and denied by them while they manufacture 95 95 of our medicine all while who the world health organization is lying with china and losing credibility on the world stage maybe you want to look at u.s congressional bills to go after more gun laws raising taxes on the gun itself like 30% and like 50% tax on ammo, why would they want to do that now? At a time when record number of previous non-gun owners are now buying guns, I might add that many are reporting they're sort of frustrated on how long it's taking them and they're learning the real process. Very interesting. How about what people are experiencing now and into the future with losing their money, their savings, the waiting lines and rationing? That's what socialism brings you. And there was a lot of talk of that in the election with Bernie Sanders, etc. Before this all happened. If, if the thought of all this stuff and me talking about socialism real quickly makes you angry and consider turning off the podcast, I guess I would encourage you to first type a few things into Google, uh, get some answers, and then my hope is you'd come back. One, how many people died in the 20 and 21st century from socialism? Two, How are socialism and communism linked? Three, what aspects of everyday life are impacted by socialism? Four, 
Most would probably agree that socialism, which would feel way worse and will require way more sacrifices than what we're making now, is a horrible option. Remember that when considering abolishing everyone's health care to put in the control and the control of health care by the government, this single-payer option. Tell me how that goes, because look at how hard it is just to get the $1,200 we're supposed to get right now, let alone like medical procedures in the future. And if you're not paying attention, you can see they're already claiming and sort of doing health rationing for who lives and who dies in hospitals in Italy. Socialized medicine. You don't hear about the massive cultural and educational failure on the part of social studies, history, sociology teachers around the country that lied to kids about what socialism is and what it does. Don't believe me? Go ask someone from Cuba or any other place on the planet where people ran from it. I taught history and sociology. I consider teachers right now in these subject areas failing in some ways. Maybe it's more college teachers, but if kids are coming out of schools thinking socialism is the option, they've been lied to on a grand scale. You don't hear about the pet projects that are being inserted into these multi-trillion dollar rescue packages. Go add up how much of the first $2 trillion goes to the people. Take away stuff like that $35 million going to the Kennedy Center. Are you shitting me? I love the Kennedy Center. But are you going to put $35 million into that facility and not into starving citizens or homeless or veterans or any of us? Shut the front door. Pay attention. Do not fall for the kabuki dance or the shell game. Remember, we feel more prepared when we're more educated. We pay attention to many, many sources of information and piece together the mosaic. If you've been doing that in your life up till now, then what we're dealing with at this time is probably not a surprise to you. Lastly on the subject, remember, six corporations control like 90% of the news. So regardless if you live in California, Maine, Texas, Louisiana, you're probably getting the same. Or worse, probably if you're across the pond. Take everything with a grain of salt and let it help you better understand how to filter information as you move forward every day. One of my favorites, Denzel Washington, famously said, and that guy's awesome in so many ways. He said, if you don't watch the news, you're uninformed. If you watch the news, you're misinformed. So we have to watch, but we have to put it all together ourselves. Most don't have time, so they're subject to falling victim to what I call headline history. We're a society now of information, but no knowledge. We have to inform ourselves, but get unstuck from traditional and mainstream as your only sources, and this is very important. And we can't ingest or regurgitate to others headlines as meeting our acceptable standards of research. We can't just Google something and take the top two sources. We wouldn't allow that to pass muster for a seventh grader researching a subject for a project. Let's be better at getting information so we really are informed. Pull the reality out of the news storm. This can help us reduce stress and still stay connected and ready and more peaceful. Remember what I like to say, be prepared, not scared. Find it, know it, and put it away. Don't let it affect the moments of your everyday. Maxime Lagasse said, you'll be calm the day you learn to sit alone and do nothing. Hopefully, you're getting better and better at doing nothing and understanding the value of it, which includes no TV and no digital distractions, you cheaters. (laughs) That doesn't mean doing nothing all the time. No, not hardly. But sitting and doing nothing, thinking about your own thinking, this is called stress relief and metacognition, thinking about your own thinking. 
Do not underestimate this time. Plus, it will be filled. Trust me. If you're not meditating, just sitting and doing nothing but breathing, thoughts will be conjured up in no time. Use this experience to slow down and process. Herman Hess said, Within you there is a stillness and a sanctuary to which you can retreat at any time and be yourself. I say, don't underestimate the power and desire to be your true self. Jim Rohn said, learn how to be happy with what you have while you pursue all that you want. We may be stuck in isolation for now, but that gives us time to plan for what we want and how we're going to get it. The next part of the show I call Positive But Not Pollyanna, things we can appreciate and that will make us happy when we get overly excited about something. You know, it doesn't feel right and there's a lot of that Pollyanna gloss over crap happening right now. And I don't think it reduces stress. I think it only raises more questions. We want real, not fake. And as someone who's empathetic to the plight of others, many who are suffering right now or losing loved ones, this can be really difficult. And that's why I say we have to be positive and not Pollyanna. So positivity grounded in reality. So things we can be positive about today. Watching civilians step up to sew masks and modified headbands to help protect ears. People cleaning out stuff they've wanted to get to for years. Watching some high school age kids up and helping others. Watching kids learn new ways to be creative and connect with others. I feel good that people are realizing slowly that the educational system has to change. The weather's getting nicer. Feel positive that I'm surprising myself, like many people are for themselves, that we can survive and thrive even in difficult times. And frankly, while it may get worse before better, my faith that we can help each other regardless of what happens. Watching kids and their parents take walks, ride bikes together, model the exercise, nature, listening to the birds, feel sunshine, getting fresh air, even if it's in my backyard. Everyone loves puppies and penguins, no matter what is going on. Puppies and penguins. Wonderful memories of trips I've taken, people I've met, teachers that influenced me, family and friends that have supported me. I like these types of memory flashbacks. Music. Remembering how much I enjoy life more with music and having the entire world's collections of songs at our fingertips. Music. Watching videos of child prodigies and master musicians of all ages. Energy and vibration. The knowledge that I can change these for myself if I choose. It baffles me as I watch so many people not even want to try the most basic things. Energy is real. Recharge your energy. Figure out how. This entire experience cannot completely overwhelm you. You won't let that happen. We'll be positive in that I can only change the here, the, the right now, and this moment, even amongst my experience and knowledge of the difficulties ahead, both as a citizen and a father and someone with pre-existing conditions and more. I can change my experience right now. You can change yours too. It's all about set and setting. We have to make, we have to create it after thinking about it carefully. Someone once said the best way to predict the future is to make it. Let's build the best one we can with the circumstances that we have been given at this time in history of our universe. The time for our growth is now. The only way to do that is to be positive even when we have to dig really deep, even if it's just the spark that ignites a new action or way of thinking. There are a lot of positive things going on with the people that I know and hear about. We just have to keep it up. Keep sharing, keep creating, keep growing. 
all that takes a positive and growth mindset. Agmandino once said, I will love the light for it shows me the way, yet I will endure the darkness for it shows me the stars. All right. Who wants to be a sponsor and get your word out? Let me know. This would be your time as we pause for a moment to breathe and process. So that's all I'm saying for the moment. While we listen to some music, then I'm back to own it. Check it out. Jam out. Let it out. One minute out. I'm going to spit some science and skills out. I got the chops. What you got? What you need. (laughs) 